Hemingway said, life breaks all people, but some are stronger in the broken places. Every one of us is going to go through in our lifetime a loss, a setback, a trauma, grief, death. And that's not meant to paint a negative picture. It's simply the reality of life. What will define you is how you will deal with it, how you will navigate, and whether you will become stronger in the process. So how do we deal with loss, with betrayal, with a broken promise, with a love that was uh, taken from us, promises that were broken? So some will say, well, that's the trillion-dollar industry of therapy. All kinds of methods are trying to be used of how to heal from a break, how to heal from a uh, violation, from hurt, from pain. Please join me in this critical workshop where I will be sharing with you a formula that goes back almost 2,500 years, a time-tested, proven formula called the seven steps from loss to healing, an actual seven-step process that takes us from even the darkest moments to not just healing, but to become far stronger and greater. We'll go through these seven steps. Please join me. Hi, this is Simon Jacobson, and we will be doing a workshop now called The Seven Steps from Loss to Healing. This program is dedicated by David Felt in memory of his beautiful sister, Gita Leah Bat of Ber, a force of nature with a powerful Jewish soul, always focused on positivity and avat chinam, unconditional love. Hemingway said, life breaks all people, but some are stronger in the broken places. There's no doubt that going through life in this world, each one of us will, at some point, and hopefully milder than more extreme, suffer a loss, a death, a setback, a broken relationship, a promise unfulfilled, dreams shattered, and the list goes on, you can fill in the blanks. And this is not meant to paint a negative or pessimistic picture, it's just the realities of life, life in this world. But what will define you is not what happened to you, but what you do about it and how you navigate it. So what do we do when we experience a loss, when we experience some trauma, abuse, a violation, either at the hands of another person or the hands of God. What do we do? So we do have a trillion dollar industry called therapy, medication, and many other ways that people deal with pain 
and hurt some healthy ways, many unhealthy ways. We find ways to numb ourselves, to escape, to cover up, or to actually heal. Would you believe, and that's what I'm going to share with you, that there's actually a system, a system in place that is almost 2,500 years old, goes back to the time after the destruction of the first holy temple, and then was repeated again after the destruction of the second temple. A seven-step process of healing from loss. But healing means not just damage control, fixing. Actually means growing and becoming a far greater person. And that's what we are going to dive right into, the seven-step process. And this is taken from a Talmudic statement that tells us that after the three weeks of destruction, when we honor and we remember everything that was destroyed in our lives, comes seven weeks of comfort and consolation. And there actually are seven different sections in the Book of Prophets, in the Bible, that talk about this comforting and consolation. And therein lies the healing process, the secret to healing from every type of break, from every type of loss, from every type of pain, and every type of trauma. But let's phrase it and contextualize it in like a story form. This is taken from commentaries that tell it in a form of a dialogue. The dialogue between a woman and who was abandoned by her husband. So he, she and her family are left desolate, betrayed, abandoned. And they cry bitterly over their plight. Finally, word gets to the husband who has left them, and he is aroused with compassion, so he sends a messenger to console and comfort his spouse and his family. But they're not consoled. He's sending a messenger? You abandon us? Why are you sending messengers? When he hears their plea, he says they're right. You're correct. And I acknowledge you're not being consoled. And then... Next step, he himself arrives and says, here I am. I myself am coming to comfort you. And that in turn begins to develop into the rebuilding of a relationship step by step and ultimately leads to a final and total renewal, rebirth and reconciliation and the rejoicing of a reunion now stronger than ever before. This is how we understand every type of abandonment, any type of loss, always begins with the first step, of course, is you feel all alone. And you're seeking comfort. And when you're getting some comfort, you're not satisfied because the break in the pain is too deep. So each one of these steps that I just described adds up to seven steps that leads 
to a total healing. So let's now go into it in specifics. In week number one, the first thing is, is comfort, be comforted. How do we comfort ourselves when we're in a situation that's very difficult? To reach out to somebody, to not be quiet, to cry. Yes, cry out and reach out to others, whether it's a mentor, whether it's a friend, whether it's a family member. But the most important thing is not to remain in that situation. Because what happens is when something affects or shocks us, and whatever it is, whether it's milder or more extreme, it tends to paralyze us. And you don't want to be paralyzed. You want to call out. So step number one is that we comfort each other. Now that doesn't mean we may get an answer, doesn't mean we, be, we are healing immediately, but we're at least reaching out. And there's a camaraderie, there's a power that people can bring to each other. So even though the pain and the loss has not been resolved, but you've begun the first step of movement. That's step number one. So find a friend, find a teacher, find somebody that's sincere and real that you can trust, that you can reach out to. Step number two is where you are awareness. In step one, it's called companionship, finding support. Step two is awareness. Every, once you've done everything humanly possible to reach out for help, then you start building strength, and that strength creates an awareness and a sensitivity. And you can say, I feel forsaken. I feel forgotten. In other words, a, 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 a being aware and stating, expressing your pain. You're entitled to express it. Now, this doesn't mean overindulging in it, but it means that you are you have the dignity. You know, one of the worst things possible is not always the initial crime, but is the silence, is the cover-up, is the invalidation. So step number two is a true validation. But they say that the silence was worse than the rape. Because it's one thing, a crime has happened. You've been hurt. It's another when you're not allowed to express yourself, you're not allowed to cry. So step two is that awareness. In the words of the prophet, that the cry is, God has forsaken me, my God has forgotten me. So though we've gotten comfort from friends, but we want comfort from the one that hurt us in the first place. Whatever, again, the situation may be, you can fill in those blanks. So the key thing is not that you're crying just because you're overwhelmed, but it's because you're crying because you want the connection that you lost. And that's critical, because many of us, what we do is when we find a disconnect or a detachment or something happens to us, we try to find unhealthy forms of attachment just to relieve ourselves. And that doesn't help the situation, it makes it worse in a way, because you think you get yourself short-term relief. What you really want to do is acknowledge, I have an open wound. So that's step number two. Step number three. Step number three is acknowledgement. The acknowledgement, in the words of the prophet, the afflicted storm-tossed one is not consoled. 
So your words, your cry has reached to heaven, has reached somewhere, and is being acknowledged. That's your right, that you have not been fully fully recognized, you've not been fully respected, and therefore you deserve to be. Now what does that translate in, in actions? It means, don't just be focused on yourself, be also compassionate to others. Because when you open up compassion to others, it opens up the divine compassion and the compassion from others to you. So step number three is an acknowledgement. It's a recognition that yes, indeed, you're entitled. You're entitled to be healed. So there we have three steps so far. And then comes step number four. Step number four is reunion. I, I am he who comforts you. In the analogy earlier, the husband, or whatever, whoever is, comes and actually comforts you. Not just sending messengers, that you are indeed reunited. Now this doesn't mean everything changes, but it means that you are now being able to begin the real healing process. And not just the healing process on your own efforts. You're getting the power from above because you've opened yourself up. So when you do the first three steps, where you've reached out to others, step one. Two, you have the dignity to cry out. Three, which is the the step of, um, of, of, of awareness. Three, you've been acknowledged. So comes number four, that you actually begin to get a response. And how do you see that response? You receive a surge of energy and strength that helps you begin to make sense and begin to deal with the situation. A practical application of that would be, I often share the, 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 the custom, the tradition, the meditation in the morning to say, thank you for returning my soul to me. Because in step number four, that's what you're regaining, your soul. Now, you've had your soul on all the levels, but here it's really becoming a presence because that is the key to all healing. When we're hurt, besides being demoralized and broken by it, we don't feel we have resources. That's why the initial preliminary steps are critical because you don't want to isolate yourself, you don't want to retreat, you want to reach out to others, you want to cry out, you want to be acknowledged which is all gives you regaining your respect, but now you want your soul to start manifesting your life. And that's the I, the divine soul that's within you is now beginning to manifest in step number four. In simple terms, it means reconnecting to you and your purpose and your mission statement in life. When we are hurt, one of the things that it does, it debilitates us. And even if we were focused, it like throws us off course. You want to get back on course that you have a beautiful soul and you have much to accomplish in this world. And that's where step number four begins really the process of you embracing yourself, the divine part of who you are, that infinite eternal power that can overcome anything. So it's interesting. The first steps is the little effort, or maybe it's not so little, but as much effort as you can make from the bottom up. In step number four, you're getting now the response. 
If you don't do the first three steps, it's harder to imagine how you're going to get that response because you need to have support in step one. You need to have awareness. You need acknowledgement. And now you're getting the response that's beginning to give you strength, which leads us into step number five. Step number five is rebirth. Sing, barren one, you have, who have not given birth. So now that you have a connection to your soul, and essentially that which has abandoned you has given you strength now, a renewed strength, you can now experience rebirth. And let me just read to you a little of that prophet. Just very powerful how he explains and how he describes it. He says like this, Sing, bare one, you who have not given birth. Break into a song and cry cry aloud, for the children of the abandoned are more numerous than the children of the married. In other words, the cry can give birth to something even more powerful than those who have already given birth. Enlarge the place of your habitat, for you will expand abroad to the right and to the left until your descendants possess the nations and populate the desolate cities. Do not fear, for you will not be ashamed. Shame is such a powerful negative force because when we're hurt, it creates shame and often an unhealthy shame where you feel you're not worthy. You're embarrassed. You don't want anyone to know about it. You don't want anyone in your life. So it says, do not fear, for you will not be ashamed. You will forget the shame of your youth and the reproach of your widowhood. Because I am reconnecting with you. For God called you as a wife abandoned and grieved in spirit. Can a wife of youth be rejected, says your God? So for a brief moment I forsook you, but I will gather you with great compassion and outburst of wrath. For a moment I hid my face from you, but with everlasting kindness I will have compassion on you. What does this mean in psychological terms? That when you don't give up on yourself, and you did your part, and you have now also got not just the acknowledgement, but also the reunion, you will now start getting even more powerful strength coming and drawing and extending from your soul. That's number five. So number five is rebuilding in the way that allows you the rebuilding and the rebirth that comes Well, I should say rebirth, actually. Rebuilding will be next step. The rebirth of a new hope and a new beginning. Which leads us into number six, week six. Step six. Arise, shine, for your light has come. Because even if you've been comforted, and even if you've been experiencing the rebirth of a new beginning... The world is still a hostile place. There's still plenty of problems. So we want more than just hope and saying, okay, I have regained some my composure, some of my strength. So here, the prophet continues. And let's read for a moment. A world, a vision for you and for the world, a redemptive vision. Arise, shine for your light has come. And the glory has risen upon you. For behold, darkness will cover the earth and thick darkness the people. But I will arise over you 
and this glory will be seen upon you. You will shine. And therefore, no longer will violence be heard in your land, neither desolation or nor destruction within your borders. Your sun will no longer set, nor will your moon wane. Your people will be righteous. They will possess the land, the branch of my planting, the work of my hands will all come to flourish. So what we're talking about now is not just the step of rebirth. We're talking about actual rebuilding. So we have to now internalize this concept, which means that you rebuild. How do you rebuild? We spoke before about, in step four, you regain your soul, you regain your mission. You've been reborn. Now you actually rebuild. Take upon yourself a new cause. Or it could be a cause that you've always believed in. But something that you're committed to. Critical that you commit to something. So even though you may feel that you've been comforted, you may even feel strong, you don't want to take it for granted. You want to build on it. So in step number four, you began regaining your soul. Now, step number five was experience of rebirth and song and joy. Especially a joy recognizing you've come out of a void from a state of barren state of emptiness. And step number six is you're actually rebuilding something. You're rebuilding. And that's called committing to something. Whatever cause it is, find something you're passionate about. And make sure you do it on a daily basis. Because the rebuilding is going to create a, uh, a foundation, a place that, that the comforting and the healing can manifest in. And then finally we come to step number seven. Step number seven is not just rebuilding, it's the reconciliation and the renewal that you experience. That you're no longer just on the receiving end. You, you build something, but you're also going to be giving to others. And here's how the prophet puts it in step number seven. That when the people heard the comfort that was given to them in the first six steps, they responded, I will greatly rejoice in God. My soul will exult because I've been clothed with the garments of salvation. For Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not be still until her righteousness shines forth like radiance. The world will see your righteousness and all the leaders will see your glory. I have set watchmen on your walls. They will never be silent day or night. And no one will ever be forsaken. So what do you have here? that we haven't just rebuilt our own lives, you're now committed to making sure that others who are suffering, who have suffered, who are suffering, are also addressed. That's week seven, the final step. And that turns you ultimately into the greatest giver of all. So many people whose lives have been broken or hurt, they say, if I can just get back to a place of not hurt, I'll be happy. That's not enough. You have to become a greater giver, stronger, than ever before, and, and, and never be silent, to remember 
You have to do everything possible to protect and defend the helpless. And whatever you are blessed with, that you will make sure that you extend those blessings. Take, speak out, take a stand. Never be quiet, never be silent. Because your one word, your one kind word, one compassionate word can save a life. So there we have a seven-step process, which actually manifests in seven weeks that lead from this period in time, from the sadness all the way to the new year of total renewal, a new year. And when you think about it and apply it, it actually can help you get through any given situation. So let's just sum it up again. We begin with something happens. Don't, be, don't retreat into isolation. Reach out. Find a friend, find a mentor, find someone to speak to. Let them comfort you, let them speak to you. You may not feel anything. They may not even help immediately. But what you've done is not allow yourself to get into a rut. Step number two, cry out. Awareness, awareness of your problem. Three, the acknowledgement. You will feel acknowledged if you cry out. Now this means crying obviously to people you can trust. Doesn't mean just going around crying wherever you can go. The acknowledgement. That in turn will give you a sense of, of, a, of, of your soul connecting to you again and you to it. Then comes the rebirth to sing a song. Sing a song of birth. The next, the sixth step is rebuilding. Take upon yourself a project and start building it. And finally, step seven is make sure that you rejoice in everything you've received by sharing it with others and making sure that silence, that no one is ever ignored and no voice and no cry is ever is ever. Some is, ever, uh, is ever obfuscated or silenced. And with that, we come away with a seven-step process that leads us from loss to healing, to renewal. And the most important thing to remember that this has been done. This is not a, a theory. It's been done by many people and has, has worked well. What you see above all in all of these steps is the focus is not just you and your pain. The focus is on growth. The focus is to get out of your own way. Because what pain and loss does, it causes us often to become, I don't want to use the word selfish, because I don't want to be insensitive. But yes, but what happens is you begin to focus on, look how painful it is. And why did this happen to me? And why didn't it happen to someone else? It's not fair. And what you want is to turn the pain into growth, to become a greater person. And the only way to do that is to go through these seven steps. Now, in truth, it would be great to be able to develop them into real modalities that can be used in the therapeutic environments, in different types of intervention, even with children. If you th- everyone can, can apply these seven steps to any given situation. <clears throat> Excuse me. And when you do, you actually become, as I said, a more powerful and a greater person. So... If you want more on this, more information on this, just go to MeaningfulLife.com. I have articles on this topic, different classes I've given on it. And actually, my book, 60 Days, which is a journey from love, betrayal, and reconciliation, discusses as well these seven weeks. So 60 Days begins, the journey begins 
in a few weeks from in in around two, a little more than two weeks from now, we'll talk about it some more. It's become a popular book, and you can get an email, and there's also podcasts. It's about a journey that takes you from wherever you may be to reaching greater heights. And even if there was a betrayal, and there was a loss, and there was a there was a, was a, was a trauma, ways to grow from it and become a far greater person. So everyone should be blessed only with good news. But should you ever have to deal with some form of darkness, know and know well and have confidence and hope that there's a process of how you can go through it. Just like in the physical body, there's a process of healing, psychologically, emotionally, and spiritually, there's a seven-step process of healing. Please love to hear from you. Questions, comments, thoughts, suggestions, more clarification. And please share this with others. On YouTube, just subscribe and also click on the bell for notifications. Share with others the same thing on our other platforms. We're on all the social media platforms. Check us out at MeaningfulLife.com where you can see this and many other programs and and a full array of a calendar of different events and different subjects that address all kinds of subjects that, uh, so, and all kinds of issues that we all struggle with and all deal with. And above all, be blessed. And we are all divine forces. Sometimes it's a little more concealed and we need to work on revealing it. Live up to your calling. Sing your song. You're entitled. We all need it because you are an indispensable force in this world. The world cannot exist completely without you. We all need you, and we all need each other. Be blessed and be well. Thank you. This program is brought to you by the Meaningful Life Center. Please help us continue our programs. Make even a small contribution at MeaningfulLife.com donate.